0: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. We are back, and we are back with another episode, and a very interesting guest we have all the way from USA. And you know what's so powerful about podcasting? You can interview anybody anywhere in the world. Now, thanks for technology, it allows us to do what we can do to get the message out to the world. So I hope everyone who's listening to this show that you are blessed and you are safe and well wherever you are in the world. So this moment in time, I am going to be introducing very, very soon to one of our wonderful guests to share with us, particularly for young people and parents. It's all about motivating and inspiring the young generation to be leaders of the next future to come. And of course, our guest has got the track record to prove that with the work that he's doing already. So many of you may be thinking, well, you may have a story, you may have a hobby or may have a business. We'll be interested to hear from you to see if you would like to be part of be a guest on Yes, You Can podcast show. So if you are interested, you can simply email me at info at livingyourgoodlife .co.uk. That's info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. This is an open platform for you out there who may be interested in getting yourself out to the world to share your story, your business, or your service, and inspire the world. So at this moment in time, who do we have on today? We certainly do have a guest with us, and his name is Antoine Thomas Thompson and he is with us, and I just want to say welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you, Trevor. I appreciate you having me on. Always a a pleasure to share my message and my passion.
0: Thank you so much indeed. Hey, um, when you get the right people on, passion goes high. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, I believe that's what's going to happen tonight because uh, you have a very interesting journey and story to share with us and our listeners based on your background and what you are doing. But before we go down that road, just want to know if you could introduce yourself and give it a little bit of background of who you are and what you do, uh, and then we'll move on. Sure, absolutely. My
1: name's Antoine Thompson, but I go by Coach T, which everybody knows me by. Um, I've been coaching and mentoring young people for 36 years, um, starting in 1985. And um, it has been an absolute uh, a thrill to have an impact, positive impact on young people and so much so to start a nonprofit youth coaching and mentoring organization. It's named after my late father um, and an opportunity to pass forward what he taught my brothers and I. And um, post um, uh, COVID gave me an opportunity to focus on just a mentoring part. And I started Coach T's Corner, which is an online mentoring academy. And it's designed to educate, motivate, and support preteens and teens in their personal growth and development and personal relationship development.
0: Mm. Well, that's quite a heavy story itself. because uh, you got, <laughs> It's a long record of work with young people, and I'm sure you can probably squeeze that in you know, all in. Uh, because it's, <laughs> a, it's a heavy history. Uh, it's interesting because um, saying that, I'd like to know, Bit, a bit more about you growing up and young okay. people in your town, what's the difference uh, for what you are doing now? So tell us a little bit about your growing up. Are you kind of giving that same support as you what you got in your days? Yes, great, uh, Trevor. And I've actually talked about this
1: uh, since you and I talked before. And I think a, a, a great way to approach it would be to, to make sure that everybody understands that everybody's story is unique to them and their past is unique to them, but it's also unique to their futures. And mine is one that I, I shared before was, you know my biological father was not a very good father uh, to my brother and I, nor was he a great husband to my mom. But more importantly than that, um, for the longest time, I never faced that past because I didn't want to think about it. But then I realized because of that experience, it's led to me to what I do today because I have more of an appreciation of that, youth, that development of young people because I didn't have it really early on with my biological father. But when my dad came along and after he married my mom, first thing he did was uh, start the adoption process to change my brother, to officially adopt my brother and I. And from the time that name changed, it was like an identity change for me. Uh, no, specifically for me. And When I look back on it now, I know more why I do what I do because of what he sacrificed in taking on two young boys and providing them a future that they otherwise would not have had.
0: Okay. So obviously, you know, society changed with our young people now. It's a different scenario, different experience. And it's not an easy thing to be involved in when you've got young people caught up in a different behavior, different pattern, different thinking pattern. So tell me a little bit about your time of childhood and the time we're in now what is the difference for the sake of the people who are thinking oh young people are young people but we found things have changed a little bit yes. and it shocked some of the parents and it shocked some people in society yes. so from your work and yourself what's the difference in your time of growing up to the young people now
1: One of the biggest things, Trevor, that's different from my growing up in in the era of the 60s, 70s, 80s and now is there is less of a village approach to raising kids when your neighbors and your pastors and your coaches and all those authority figures all had a hand in your upbringing. You don't see as much of that. Um, and the be- and the timing of this is perfect. I just finished uh, a session with a group of teens yesterday. had about mm. 15 kids and we talked about just this wow. and I was I was blown away that a couple of them shared with me that they they could relate to how I was raised, as, as what they would have liked that's what they would like to see and they don't have that. Um, mm-hmm. they, they definitely feel the pressures of they have to do so much on their own because they don't have that support um, that, that you and I probably had growing up and they, mm-hmm. they need it and they want it.
0: And I think a lot of people don't stop and listen to them enough to understand that that's what they need. Mm. It's a very deep point you've made there because uh, we seem to find that kind of argument comes up quite a lot among parents. What's happened to my young people? I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to deal with them. From your experience, obviously the record is very, very long. Um, and the people you're working with, it gives you an idea of where they are with their young people. What is, why is it young people are saying to you or to anybody who's working with young people, why are they not getting the support as they were expected and find they're isolated all the time? Why do you think that is? Well, I think it, it, and when you and I talked before, it's about the two things that are important to me.
1: I listen and I don't judge. And a lot of kids don't feel that they're listened to. And then when they, if they are listened to, they're always judged on what they say. And mm-hmm. people don't allow them to make mistakes, learn from their mistakes, or come to you and and you be open-minded to sometimes just let them unload, not necessarily give them advice sometimes they just want somebody to listen to them so they can get something off their chest and clear their minds and focus on on the next journey and Mm -hmm. that is um again something i heard from several uh, about four or five kids yesterday they they don't feel as though they're listened to um Mm -hmm. and everybody's trying to tell them what to do how to do it and why to do it as opposed to hey make your own decision and learn from it right wrong or indifferent
0: right right so it's funny how that happens because as a parent coming out of the mother and father, you would have thought that parents would understand, I'm not saying all parents, understand how to communicate at some level with their children that the children feel more valued and accepted and respected that they take on board what they have. But for some reason, we're finding that not really the case right now. Um, young people yes. are out going outside the home to find the help. And I think that's where you come in now. Uh, nice. So how do we balance all that? Uh, and I'm smiling because the um, first thing that popped my mind.
1: A young lady said to me yesterday in this session. She goes, "Do you know I feel more comfortable talking to my coach, wow, and my teacher than I do my parents, wow." And the reason she said, "Cause I asked her, I said, well, why is that?'" She goes, "Because they listen." And they don't, you know, try to just tell me to do it not to do. But I, I want to stop for a second, Trevor, because I want to make sure I'm not parent bashing at all. Um, because I think it, it's you know, There's two sides to everything. And mm-hmm. I shared this with the kids yesterday as well. Remember your kids, your parents want what's best for you. And one of the things when you asked about what's different, parents are a lot more protective because there are so many more influences out there that could negatively impact their kids. So they're kind of trying to keep them closer to home because they need to protect them more. And my message to the kids is for them to understand that the parents are only out there looking for what's best for them. And they need to be open-minded just as much as the parents need to be open-minded. So you have to work together. And that all comes back to communication.
0: Right. And it makes me ask the question. I can find that's a very difficult situation for you um, when you have a parent and a child who's having a bit of back and forth, and you've always got to be mindful of how do I process in order for bringing unity among the child and the parents. Um, what challenges are you having when it comes to parents and children who are finding it more comfortable to speak outside the family? <laughs>
1: I'm going to be honest with you, Trevor, I'm very blessed. And I say that because whenever I'm faced with those situations, believe it or not, the kids are more than comfortable to tell their their parents, well, Coach T said, but I also develop a relationship with the parents to make them understand what my process and what my goal is with their child. So it's not like I'm telling them one thing and the parents tell them something else. I work with the parents. I'm an extension of the parents. Because I want to have just a good relationship with them as I do with their, their son or daughter, because we are all working to work towards one common goal is to help them develop and to be the best person that they can be. So I've been very fortunate not to have any issues, uh, major, I should say, issues with that. I've had to obviously explain to parents that this is how I do what I do. And then once they understand it, they're like, oh, OK, um, uh, I'll give you a quick example. I have a young man that comes to see me every Saturday at 4 30. Mm. His mother, his mother sits in the entire session. And she said last week, she goes, I bring you here because you don't listen to me, but you listen to him. And then he's telling you the same thing that I'm saying. And so parents get to see it firsthand that there are outside influences that care about what You know their son or daughter does and they want to see the
0: same results so that's me working with the parents right now Antoine you probably might agree with me when it comes to our parents one of the things they always say it starts at home yes um you have to start at home first do you feel in your work and parents and young people do you feel that's missing and do you feel you're having a lot of input with the home behavior more than the young person outside of the home.
1: No, you're hundred percent correct. It should start at home. Unfortunately, it is not. And the reason we know that it's not is because of how kids inquire when they're outside of home. Now, we already know that they have influences from school, you know, uh, classmates, teammates, and all those things like that, extracurricular activities. But the, um, the home impact is not as significant as it was. Like, you're right, it does start at home. And with parents working the way they do, and then you think you add the, the pandemic component to it, um, everybody is really, they don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So everybody's priorities have shifted, Not, and it's not totally their fault. Sometimes we all have to change what we do, But guess what even though we change our priorities there are still things life still goes on kids still need to develop so we have to stay tuned into that because like you said early on they are our future so we can't kick them to the side regardless of what kind of uh uh, setbacks we're having they are still the futures we have to find the time the
0: place and the energy to make sure that they get what they need right now going back a bit you mentioned a couple of key points and you're talking about they feel comfortable speaking to you um, because you listen and anybody else outside the home I just can imagine how parents feel when they see that happen they probably feel guilty or upset because it's like okay you can talk to him but you can't talk to me I'm your dad I'm your mom um, so I'm just thinking as a parent myself that's probably what would be on their mind but the key point of it is you're looking at the well-being of a child so we can have a better relationship with the parents. Parents. So, I see you more than a coach. I see you a social worker, a lawyer, a solicitor, whatever it may be. I don't know how many hats you've got to do with this.
1: <laughs> It's a, it's a lot. But you know what's funny about it is, as long as, like I said, this is what I, what I, I live for. So yes. if I got to wear twenty hats, I'll wear twenty hats. If it gets the kids where they need to be, that's where, that's what you know, that's what I'll do. But to your point, I think you are right. There are going to be those parents that. Probably resent that their kids talk more to a coach than they do to them. And that's natural. You know, okay. hey, that's my son or my daughter. They won't talk to me, but they'll talk to a guy that they see three hours a week. But you live with me. Yeah. But that's just it. You live with them. So there are things around you that are always ongoing every day, day in and day out. And those two or three hours a week with a coach or a mentor. That is an, uh, not necessarily an escape, but it's an opportunity for you to be in a different space that allows you to relax, open up, share your feelings, get things out that are happening inside those four walls at home. And it actually relaxes you and it allows them to develop and grow and be willing to share and open, uh, share their feelings, emotions and aspirations even.
0: Right. Now, it's interesting you say young people, obviously, there might be some young people on this call who will be thinking, well, how am I going to talk about this. I felt I've not able to talk about it for a long time. When they come to you, how do you approach, how does your work approach for the comfort of the young person to speak to you? It is all
1: about being approachable. And this is one of the things kids say to me all the time uh, when I ask them, why do you say, because you're approachable? Those are the, typically the first words they say. I feel comfortable talking to you because you're approachable. Um, it's all about like, for instance, if you came to me and it's like, Hey, Trevor, it's nice to meet you. I'm coach T Um, I'm here to help you in any way that I possibly can. There's anything that's on your mind. You want to share with me. Hey, feel free to share with me. I'm going to ask just a few questions just so I can understand a little bit more about you, what you're about, what you like, what, you know, what's interesting to you start a conversation. I never jump into why you're there the purpose that they're there. Cause as soon as they walk in and you go, so your mom says you're having problems with your responsibility. What are you going to pull up a brick wall in a heartbeat, mm. and I'll get nothing out of like a, like a, you know going to see a therapist? But if you just have a conversation, and they're like, "Oh, this guy he he listens. He he wants to talk about fun things." Right. Um, and I'll give you another example. One of the things I'll ask is, um, if you could have one superpower in the entire mm. world, what mm. would it be? Well, now they're they're not thinking about why they're there. Like, man, I could be invisible. I could be the fastest person in the world. Now they're Mm -hmm. relaxed. And you you ask a few questions like that, get their mind off of why they're there. Now you're able to connect with them.
0: Right. Now, it makes sense why uh, you're doing this for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Because the, the, the idea of how you approach and the feedback you're getting, I can just imagine the passion it gives you. Oh, absolutely how you can turn the lives of the young people around and get the relationship back for them to understand mum and dad are important to me and I just don't have to rely on outside society. So tell me a little bit more about the young people and the topics they would talk to you about. Is it a topic that most people would not even ups about or would it be a topic that most people say it's too private? Um, what, what kind of things are they talking to you about? If you don't mind, we talk. Uh, well, there's a few things, Trevor. Actually, uh, we talk about peer pressure
1: um, and peer pressure versus academics. And more important, hey, what's more important? Are you fitting in or taking care of your grades to get where you need to be? And believe it or not, it runs the gamut from one extreme to the other. And uh, I had one young, young lady actually said she felt like they they intertwined with each other because she started off with a group of girls and they all want to take the same classes. And she realized she wasn't getting the classes she needed for college, but she didn't want to hurt her friendship. And then reality set in, she goes, hey, you know, we could be friends for life, but I got to go my direction. At some point, they have to go theirs. And so that's one part. Uh, The other one is their goal setting. You know, they're like, I I don't know about college. College is for me. Well, you know, if you don't think about it, you're never setting goals. If you automatically say, I'm not going to go to college, well, then you're, you're not, you're limiting your possibilities. You got to leave mm-hmm. every opportunity open. So, goal setting, peer pressure, um, their academics, and pleasing their parents. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. other one. And a lot of them are so quick to, what well, my mom said, my dad said, my mom said, my dad said. I said, well, what did you let them know? He goes, nothing. I said, do you not have a voice? I said, yeah. That's how you develop a dialogue and better your relationship with your parents. Yes, they're your parents, but you also want your parents to know that you have the ability to be an independent individual, make your own decisions, have your own thoughts, and share your thoughts. You don't necessarily go to your parents and say, no, I'm not going to do that, but share with them that you have thoughts. And, my, and the best example I can give you, I'll use my brother's example. When we were teenagers, my father served 30 years in the Marine, uh, United States Marine Corps, And my brother decided he wanted to go in the military. And my dad said, no, you're not. And my brother said, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Well, instead of explaining to my dad why he wanted to, my dad knew his son and knew that he marched to the beat of his own drum. He wouldn't follow anybody's instructions. Mm. 20 years later, my brother and I are having a conversation. He goes, you know what? Pops was right. The military was not for me because I march to the beat of my own drum, I follow my own instructions and he has a different personality. But just by having the interaction, um, my brother was able to figure out later on that my dad was right, as opposed to you know not really him thinking about it. And I think right. that this is why kids have to share their thoughts with their parents and to
0: help those relationships. Right, and I think also, mentioning that makes me think to ask you this question when a young person comes to you it's not an easy walk in the park for them uh it takes a lot of digesting understanding how you're getting through to them to realize okay that makes sense right um so what length time would you say young people who come to you actually get it and start to practice it two weeks three weeks a month uh and i know it depends on different young person yeah
1: it, it, it does, vary. I mean, I'm definitely not a cookie cutter uh, coach, a mentor where I say, hey, I can get your kid fixed in a month or three months. I nurture a relationship, and but I also don't prolong the inevitable. If I feel like I could get, get it done quickly, I'm going to get it done quickly because guess what? Once we get that done, then they're going to see the next potential. Not necessarily they have to keep working with me, but if I can open their minds enough to where we work on this one area, let's just say it's accountability. They, we get their accountability under control. Now they're naturally going to be more responsible. They're naturally going to set goals themselves. They're naturally right. going to develop those leadership skills. So everything starts to fall in place. Um, I will give you the short, the medium, and the long. I have three examples of what you what you just asked me. Yes. So I had a conversation. Uh, There's one, this is a short version. Um, had a young man after coming to lessons for about mm, two months, once a week for two months, went home to his mom and said, mom, I had the best session with Coach T. And she goes, well, what made it so great? He said, nothing, we just talked, that was it. No Mm -hmm. purpose to, for him, there was no purpose to the session. We just had a conversation, like you and I are having right now, just Mm -hmm. had a conversation. Then we jumped to another situation where I had a young man who was a um, junior in high school, chip on his shoulder, um, thought he was the greatest basketball player in the world. Yeah. And he and I have, we're having a session and he gets a little attitude and it was a group thing. And I never embarrass a child. I never embarrass a kid. So we had a little break, pulled them off to the side. And in my way, like I'm talking to you right now, said, I just need to share with you how things work here. Um, I'm in charge of how things go. Um, one thing we don't do is we don't get attitudes and we don't single people out is we don't make it an individual approach. And so I said, you have a decision to make. If this is an environment you can work in, you are welcome to keep coming. But if it's not, that's a decision you have to make. And I will respect that. But I can't have that kind of behavior here.
0: Mm. I didn't
1: see him. I didn't see him for about three weeks. After that three weeks, he's still coming. And he's out of high school now. He's in he's right. in second year of college. And he is a young man that uh, I, saw, I saw potential but what I didn't see, like the father figure in the home for yeah. much of his upbringing, and because I had conversations with his mom, and his mom is very supportive. Coach T, whatever you need to get do to get through to him, you have my blessing. That was the approach the mom had with me. Mm-hmm. And then to this day, this young man comes back and helps me with the younger kids in our program. So that's the medium. And then the long version, this is the one I'm most proud of, not from my perspective, but the growth of the young man. Um, He started when he was a seventh grader and he is now a junior in high school. And I'll just give the short version of it. He's gone from being very uh, secluded, feeling very alone, suicidal, and per direct uh, uh, notification from his grandparents and his mom, uh, his mom and I texted, she copied the text I sent to her, posted it on Facebook. And basically it said that for the first time in his life, he no longer identified with the word alone that he now identified with the word relentless, which happened to be a a, a name I started calling him because of how he was approaching things. He was relentless in his uh, determination. And I told him, I said, if you approach everything in your life with that relentless approach, success will always be at your fingertips. And he now comes back every summer, third summer coming back with our summer
0: program as a counselor. This is what makes uh, your work Valuable and more rewarding. Um, difficult to pack up your bag and walk away from the job.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And you don't want to because you know it's a, it has a significant
0: impact on some lives. Absolutely. And um, when you mentioned about the young people, I can imagine the pressure that some parents are not aware of the pressure that young people go through, um, but they're able to release it by talking to you and get their mental health well being back again. Right. What would you say the pressure young people are facing right now when they come to you and speak to you? What kind of things are parents aware of or the society aware of what young people are facing in terms of pressure?
1: The first thing that pops in my mind, Trevor, is that parents are aware of, and I shared with some kids and they were not aware of, but once I told them, they said, oh, I can understand that, that the suicide rate amongst young people in this country is up 51% since COVID uh, started. 51%. And when I shared it, they're like, wow. First, their reaction was, wow. And they're like, oh, I can understand that. I can see that. And I asked them why. I said, why? He goes, because nobody ever asked us what you just asked. What kind of pressure are we feeling? We're in school. We're virtual. We're hybrid. We're virtual. We're out of school. It's back and forth. There's no continuity to their lives. There hasn't been any continuity to their lives for almost two years. And they're the most impressionable ages. So... There's nobody constantly going, hey, listen, um, are you, is there anything I can help you with? Are you stressed about anything? Or can I do anything? Not, they said there are not enough people doing that for them. Teachers are caring less. They said the work that they get from teachers now is they just send it, go, okay, get this done. And then when they reach out to the teachers, they get blown off. And the second part is they know that teachers don't care as much as they used to. They can tell by the way they teach and mm-hmm. it changes their perception about learning.
0: Well, how why am I going to learn when I know the person teaching me doesn't care? Right, right. That makes sense, because if they can see that the teachers don't care, then that tells you that the teachers are under pressure as well. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And, and that was But here's the thing. I'm glad you said that. But see, this is where the learning comes in, because when they said that, I stopped them. I said, now I can appreciate and respect what you just shared with me. But let's put the shield on the other foot. How much pressure do you think that teacher is under? Mm -hmm. They're hybrid, they're in school, they're out of school, they're virtual, they're in school, they're going through the same thing you do, but guess what? They're still responsible for teaching you. How hard do you think it is for them to wake up every day knowing, oh my gosh, what is it going to be like today? How many cases are we going to have? How are we going to change? You don't know what kind of instructions they're getting from their administration about how to teach. So In order for you to grow, you have to start being compassionate and understanding of other people's situations and never judge other people if you don't want to be judged until you know what they've been through or what they're going through. Right.
0: And that's why it makes sense. That's where education comes in. Right. To educate both sides of the, I'll call them, let me use Republican and Democratic, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) You've got to get both
0: sides to understand, hey, at the end of the day, it's one aim why we're different yes Yes. so the young person doesn't know the adult teacher's suffering whatever it may be mentally and then the teachers have to work with the change of rules and regulations and covid for the schools they're under pressure so they're not able to deliver but they're able to do it because they know they have to do it right so i think that makes sense now why some of the young people anger comes out a lot yes Uh, um, yes people say oh why are you always angry but as you know, as a coach, you always have to go back and say, where did the anger start? What caused him to be or her to be so angry? So anger is anger management, as we talk about over here, anger management. Are there things for you as a coach that realize, look, the reason why it's angry or she's angry because of A, and B and C. Is that how you get people to understand why the person is angry?
1: Yes, it is. It is. And, you know, as you were explaining that, I'm like, I know exactly um, I, uh, with the young man I was telling you about. When he was explaining, he did a testimonial for me and he basically described how I adjusted his mindset without. He never told me this before until he did the testimonial. So this is a learning experience for me, because keep in mind, I'm always trying to be a better coach. So I listen to the feedback that I get. Right. But he he basically said in a way he goes, well, coach would would give me some suggestions on this, just this, this. And then after I started doing it, I realized he goes, oh, I got it. Coach wants me to be this kind of person. Oh, and right. I now I see what he's trying to make me be. But it's all about them understanding the steps that I take them through. And then that's where you get. It. But I wanted to just interject something really quick, Trevor, because it's really important to me because when people ask kind of what I do and what you and I are talking about, I know people go to school and they're trained professionally and this other thing, but the way that I coach and the way I mentor is from this heart right here and yeah. from an understanding heart and a mind that appreciates the young people in front of me. And I'm a strong believer in that you can connect with them faster when they see that you have an open heart and an open mind because they're going to be willing to listen to you more. You take them. Sometimes you take them to a, psycholo- a psychiatrist or a psychologist to have them talk. As soon as they walk in, it's going to be harder for them to get through to. Mm. And my belief is just be human, be honest, be upfront, be loving. And that's what kids are missing too. I asked them a question about love. I said, can you describe the word love without using the word love? Mm. How many times do you think they've been ever asked a question like that? Very rare. Well, guess what they answered it in a heartbeat yes yes and it did not surprise me but i was it made me feel really good but i i asked them, i said how many times have you ever been asked a question they said never never been yeah. asked a
0: question like that right, right right ladies and gentlemen we have a wonderful topic here to talk and i'm sure all listeners on this line parents and children it's a must 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 to listen to this recording because here are the areas we're touching with Antoine, who's explaining about his personal real life experience with parents and children in USA in his community. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be coming straight back to continue with this firing interview with our wonderful guests.
2: Are not feeling well or had a bad day? Do wish you had something better to say about the day than a mumbled fine when someone asks you how you are? The solution might be simpler than you think. Our attitudes really are everything. When we're not feeling great about our lives or how the day is going, everything can seem to go wrong. The problem is, life isn't a steady thing. You might have a really good day followed by another equally bad. With so many things outside of your control, it might seem impossible to ever truly feel good about anything. The answer lies in your thinking. By being able to think positively, you will find your entire outlook changes. How can you develop the habit of positive thinking? Join us on the upcoming two-day masterclass starting on Wednesday, 8th, 9th September, 7.30pm. How to Generate a Winning Mindset Before 2022? This masterclass applies to you, if you have been afraid to think big, or been trying everything to better your life and mindset only, to find you have become more frustrated and stuck to reaching your goals. For further information simply log on to www.livingyourgoodlife.co.uk, join us with the right tools and support, you can clear the path for a healthier lifestyle before 2022.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back, we're back after the quick commercial break, and boy, what a topic we're discussing here. Um, I feel like um, we're about to drum something up here, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think what I mean by that is it's an open debate to talk about real facts that probably people are not comfortable to talk about or probably people feel embarrassed to talk about. But hey, when it comes to the lives of your children, There has to be somebody talking somewhere in order to bring our children back into the lives that they deserve. So Antoine, very interesting discussion we've had so far in the first half. And I can understand why you are so passionate about doing what you are doing. So take us a look a bit more into the journey of the business itself, how it delivers, who you deliver, and the kind of areas you cover that somebody else is not doing. Okay, so the uh, Coast Corner uh, program
1: is uh, based on the program, which is the C of success, and C is an acronym, S-E-A, and that is the simplicity, the effort, and the attitude of success, um, and just the belief is that those three components are the foundation to whatever it is you want to do, and that relates to the different areas that we talk about when we deal with um. But I like what we call they call conflict resolution or conflict transformation, leadership, time management, goal setting, uh, personal uh, responsibility, accountability, leadership. The, the list goes on and on. Uh, say social media practices, you know, that's that's the topic we could talk for hours about. Um, kids know not very little about their personal identifiable information that is um accessible every time they get an app or they log into a website purchase something and their targets for everything so social media is another big thing that we talk about um, relationships respect uh, from both sides not just with peers but with authority figures and the delivery process that we have is multifaceted we have the website which has individual pre-recorded courses that people can take have some great uh uh, active, I call them activity uh, programs. Like, for instance, our seven-day digital detox. It's actually mm-hmm. a challenge to go seven days to minimize your your digital use of your uh, all of your electronic devices. And um, then also one-on-one sessions with myself, and then we're creating the group sessions with the Sea of Success program.
0: Right now, one thing I want to drop in there. Do you ever cover anything to do with the health side of the young people in terms of eating right? Uh, eating the right stuff. Do you cover anything on that in your program? We do not in depth, but uh, to be honest with Trevor. It's, it's this is an ongoing uh, program,
1: so we'll be adding layers. And right now, those uh, aforementioned really ten areas are our primary focus now. But ultimately, yes, but uh, not extensively at this
0: point. Right. Okay. Because, but you're right. It is important. Oh, absolutely. Because if the mindset. The the mindset has to be fed with the right food. Um, When a child is stressed or angry, there is some side effect to the food that they're eating, which affects their hormones. So, um, and again, the well-being over in UK, it's a long debate about the well-being of a child that they even fights. Where mental state of a child is a problem now. Yeah. So again, we're going back to going back to school, the pressure at school, pressure in society, and um, the whole environment for them. People are shocked to find out it's gonna as, as five. So yes. now it used to be 25, 26, it's affecting anybody now. So obviously food and health wise has to be an element of finding out what are our children eating that's allowing them to get the balance right, their mindset right. But What's interesting you mentioned is social media. We had a big discussion over here. Uh, I was on a call and talked about social media. Are our young people too much on social media? And is social media good or bad for our young people?
1: I'll, answer this, I'll ask you a question. You answer this question for me. Do you use your phone, or does your
0: phone use you? I use my phone on the principles and respect and I don't use it if it uses me, no way.
1: <laughs> okay. So that's a question I pose to kids. And I probably say seven out of 10 times, they, they admit that their phone uses them. Yes. So did that answer your question? They are definitely on too much because, uh, it, this is this, you're asking a great question because I actually had a group, a group uh, that I work with, an advisory group, middle school kids I'm working with. And I asked them this question uh, regarding texting. And this kind of tells you how they prioritize your uh, electronic use. And I asked them. I said, if your teacher or your coach texts you, how long does it take you to reply back? And their response was a day to a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if your friend texts you, how long does it take? They say an hour to a day. They will never text right away, even though they're sitting right there and getting it because they don't wanna be give off the perception that they have nothing going on and they wanna reply back to everything. And my response was, how funny is that? You won't reply right away, but you get upset that somebody doesn't invite you to something because of your fear of missing out on something. Well, if you reply right away, you might be in on something. So yeah. it, it's kind of a mind game for them. And to me, here's the biggest issue for me. The, there's no personalization to social media interaction.
2: Mm-hmm. Case
1: in point, kids are, are bragging about having 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers. I ask them, How many of those people do you know? They're like, Well, none. I said, Great. So why are you getting excited because you get followers? Because oh, mm-hmm. I get a lot. But does it validate you as a person because you get more likes? Goes, Well, no, but the celebrity that I follow has 2.4 million. I want to try to get as many as them. I said, Mm -hmm. that's the reality check that you need to step back from Mm -hmm. because you're now you're losing quality lifetime of your life, focusing on chasing something that's not going to make a difference in your life down the road. That is what's hard to get through to them right now because of so many influences on social media. Mm.
0: And again, you could use that as a scenario for parents as well. Using uh, our mobiles and social media is that right yes oh absolutely I'm, and then the kids ask me I say
1: you know why I have a Facebook account and they're like because you're old <laughs> that's what they say <laughs> <laughs> the first thing they say is Facebook <laughs> is for old people that's what the first thing kids will say Facebook hey. is for old people. Um, hey, right. I say I have, I have a Facebook page because I need a personal Facebook page to start my JL, to have my business uh, page for JLT Fieldhouse and to have my private Facebook group for Coach T's Corner. That is the only reason I do not post anything personal on my Facebook page. It is mm-hmm. only for business purposes. And Instagram I have is because that's where the kids follow me. So the parents follow me on Facebook. So I have a platform for each one to follow me. And for them, it's Snapchat, it's TikTok, it's Instagram. Yeah. You know, those are the big, you know, the big ones. And the kids are trying to keep me. Here's the great thing about it. this. is why I love these kids. They're trying to keep me up with what's going on. Um, mm. One kid asked me if I had a Snapchat. I said, no. They said, give me your phone. And they set me up a Snapchat account in two
0: minutes. And right. I've never used it. <laughs> but But they're so good at it. Yeah, exactly. You know, as I said, there's a good in the side of social media where what we're not used to, they can fix in five minutes. Uh, Even my son is using the phone and I tell him to do something. He's done it in two seconds. I'm like, okay, so why (laughs) can't I do it in two seconds? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but the perception they have, like what I asked from the beginning, how are the young people in our time different from now? And there's a massive shift in terms of the mindsets of the children uh, and your program comes in now how are you able to level out bring the independency in the young people's life without them going off
1: so you mean like with the the uh the difference from, like growing up when when i was younger and, and now
0: yeah exactly in your program yeah. how are you getting them to think to become more independent without independent. going off Yeah.
1: The biggest part of it, Trevor, is providing them scenarios to make them think because now, you know, instead of sitting down going, well, you know, if if you would do this, this will this will happen. If if you do this, this will happen. But when you post questions like, for instance, when you and I growing up, hey, how did we know there was a party going on? we talked about it in school, right? Yeah. We tell each other and somebody else tells somebody tells them, guess what we're doing? We were talking to each other. Kids don't talk to each other anymore. Everything is, you know, it's on electronic devices on a phone or iPad. But when you when you read, you don't uh, comprehend things the same way you hear them. Yeah, okay? because kids hear with their eyes now because of what yeah. they read. So any expression that's in words, they translate that to their eyes as opposed to you and I used to do it with our ears when you go. Hey, Coach G, hey, Antoine, there's yeah. a party at uh, Bobby's house on Friday. and Your eyes are big. My eyes get big. Yeah. But if I if I text you and go, hey, Trevor, there's a party at, at Bobby's house. That's how you're going to read it. There's a, text, yeah. there's a party at Bobby's house. Well, Bobby doesn't seem very exciting. But if I go, hey, there's a party at Bobby's house, you're going to yeah. get excited because yeah. of how excited I am about it. So yeah. this is why the personal relationship development is so important. And my message to kids is, is very simple interact more with people. Even if you can't see them in person, call them versus texting them. Just hear somebody's voice so you get used to what (coughs) it's like because kids no longer know how to respond to certain uh, inflections in conversations because they're not used to it. Um, I'll challenge you, every time you see a young person try to have a conversation with them, I want you to time how long they can look you in the eye when they're talking to you. It's not more than a second and two seconds at the most.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the thing I wanted to ask you before we wrap up is there's a big debate about their environment, where they live. That's all they know, that's where they're born and bred, that's all they understand. They've never been out of the city to another city, so they don't know. Would you say the environment too fast for our young people now? That's provoking them to think differently, which is taking them away from that independence in mindset to themselves to live a life that they deserve. Would you say, from your experience, our young people are in a fast society? That is probably too fast, or is it too slow? Especially in the uh, USA.
1: I'll just answer it this way: It's too fast for me, <laughs> right?
0: <Absolutely. laughs> yeah.
1: So that that in itself is the answer. If it's too fast for me, and your example, you are talking about your son helping you with your phone in like no time at all. Um, they they. They were born into technology. They were born with cell phones in their hands, basically. Right. So they could do these things. But it is definitely going too fast for them because here's the thing. We develop when we learn something, we kept growing it, growing and growing it. They learn something. Now they got to unlearn that and learn what's next. There's no progression to anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It's learn, unlearn, learn, unlearn, learn, unlearn. So there's no consistency in their development. So if you grow, you stop. And it's almost like starting all over with another level. So that's yes. what's a challenge for them as well. And in, and it's all in demeanor, conversation, body language. Body language is huge with for me. It tell, I can tell what a kid's all about just by their body language, looking in their eyes and how they carry themselves.
0: Right, right. That makes me ask, how are you meant to keep all these up with you too fast? For you? I mean, our uh the, the, the way things are moving right now is like you have to put more into your work to catch up with some of these young people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Tell us like a little bit about that in terms of speed wise for you to put programs in place and meet the parents and et cetera, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but you,
1: well, you just answered it for me. I don't do it alone. This is what coaching and mentoring is about. And this is where a lot of people forget too. young people are helping us get better, too. They're teaching us. And I think this is the message I share with them so that they feel good about oh my gosh, you mean I'm helping society? Yeah, you are. When yeah. you when you help your parents with and you get it first, oh gosh, I gotta help my mom my phone. You're teaching her something. So you gotta look at it as an accomplishment and not necessarily as a detriment to you. You're providing something positive, but they always feel like when they're helping people like you and I would our electronic issues that we're not smart enough. No, you are smart. We're acknowledging that you are. You need to receive it as a compliment as opposed to an inconvenience to you. So the other part to answer your question really quick is I use them to help me get better at what I do.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. And yes. Obviously, Not, use them, you know I mean. not absolutely. use them, but you know what I mean. Not use them, but you know what I mean. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it makes sense. There's a balance in how you do that. With the young right. Europeans. You're not taking their space, their territory. They know that they're working with you and giving you something. You've got something to give to them. So we're It's almost like Christmas present, you know, give back, give back and forth. You know, you right, get your right. gift and I get my gift. I'm not going to argue about that. As long as I get my <laughs> gift, I'm <from> over a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I think it's also about your adding value. Your work is adding value in the young people's lives as well. Right? I'd like to think so. Yeah. Antoine. We're wrapping up because I have to say, this has been such an amazing conversation because it's, it really, hopefully our listeners open their eyes to see some of the things that they've never seen before in the discussion. And I think you probably have highlighted in touched so many areas to make parents work on those areas and build better relationship with their children. So tell us a little bit about your contact details, your website and your future plans so that people may have to get in touch with you. Absolutely. So um,
1: I'm going to stick with, instead of going a whole list, I'm going to give you just my Coach T's Corner. It is Coach T at Coach T's Corner.com is my email address. Um, Instagram is Coach T's underscore uh, corner. And our website, Coach T's Corner.com. Uh, what am I missing? Twitter is Coach T's Corner. And what I'm going to work on next, which I'm very excited about because you are going to be part of, is I'm going to be featured in a 13-episode miniseries beginning next month on Raven International Broadcast Media. And uh, the best part about it is I'm going to have a series of guests and um, you're a wonderful host here. Trevor's going to be one of my guests on this and uh, this mini series. And I'm also going to be having a group session with the kids. So a lot of what I've shared with you today, you'll actually get to see what I was talking to you about because uh, these kids were great, and I'm very excited about it. But the key guest that I'm going to have is actually my older brother, Dr. Marvin Thompson. Is going to be on. He's an educator oh, as well, and I'm very excited about him coming on. I Almost had to beg him, but he was joking. He said he'd love to do it. <laughs> And um, it's, it's going to be a great opportunity. And, and the premise of it, uh, Trevor, is it is about coaching and mentoring and preparing our next generation of leaders, educating, motivating,
0: and supporting the next generation of leaders. Wow. Um, something I wasn't expecting to happen so quick, and it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Hey,
1: it's when you least expect it. I've been very blessed, man. Uh, believe it or not, the more I share my passion and my message, the more positive blessings come afterwards. So I hope to keep doing this for a very long time.
0: I, I believe so. I can see that passion and that desire. It's still burning. And um, obviously to wrap things up, what would your last final word be to anyone who's listened to this show?
1: Oh, it is going to be my staple is whatever it is you do. And this is for parents and this is for kids. But keep everything simple when when you deal with your relationship. Treasure them for what they are. Give them as much effort as you can to build enough relationships. There's always highs and lows. But at the end of the day, you're always going to come out on top. And the last one, the most important one is your attitude, because your attitude almost always determines your
0: altitude in life. Well, wow. ladies and gentlemen, you heard the word, you heard the final message, and I hope that you were able to reach out to him to actually share and contribute to the future of our young people. And this is a worldwide interview, and we are looking for people, however you are, calling, share, and contribute. Because hey, one or two words can make a difference to many lives. And uh, we just hope and pray that you all will be able to enjoy and re- listen to the recording, Of this live show and we look forward to seeing you again. So Antoine, thank you so much indeed for being with us and it's been an honor to have you and thank you so much for your insight. And ladies and gentlemen, we will be back again as normal on Monday with another guest to talk about many, many different topics that I'm sure our listeners will be able to relate to. So once again, thank you for listening and take care and we'll catch you soon again. Take care.